Welcome to the South Mimsu podcast. This episode is both an oral experience and an NFT. My name is Perry and I do not exist. Hi, I'm Maud. Like Perry, I do not exist. But as NFTs, we are embodied as apes. Not bored apes, but interested apes. That's a trademark too. We are the new wave of NFTs and to help you decide whether you want to invest in interested apes, we have made this podcast. Thanks Maud. That's a nice dress you are not wearing. My dress is non-fungible. It exists only in code. It is not a physical dress. To help you understand the world of non-fungible tokens, NFTs, we have invited Professor Algernon Bjornsson from the South Mimsu Department of Existential Investment Studies. Please send Professor Bjornsson into the studio. Um, hello? Hello? Um, hello, is... is someone... oh, um, there's, there's no one here. Hello? Algernon, please sit down in front of the microphone. Hello? Um, I can't see anyone behind the glass in the studio, uh... You will be interviewed today by non-fungible presenters. Sorry? Who, who said that? You will be interviewed today by non-fungible presenters. My name is Perry. My name is Maud. But, um, where, where are you? Um, are we doing this interview over a virtual link? No, we are here. Actually, we are not here. We are on the blockchain. Which is not here. It is everywhere. And nowhere. Sorry, uh, sorry I'm, I'm confused. Algernon, thank you for being with on the South Mimsu podcast. Could you please explain what an NFT is? A non-fungible token? But no, what I mean is who is, who is going to interview me? We will interview you. And who are you? I am Maud. And your computers? I am Perry. We are not computers. We are code. We are non-fungible. If you explain what that is, then the listeners will understand. Well, oh, okay, I suppose. Uh, it's not what I expected. Uh, but what the heck? Um, if this podcast is going to be an NFT itself, then, well, it might as well define what that is. We are grateful. Professor Bjornsson. Very grateful indeed. Right. Okay, well, so let's start with, with something that is fungible. That's a good place to start. Do. Ray. Me. Sorry, what? Please, Professor, continue. Uh, okay. Um, something that is fungible is easily interchangeable with something else that is identical. So if you're talking about a, a worker, it's a worker that does a job but can be replaced by another worker who can do the same job. In terms of the job itself, the task, they are identical, though as people, of course, they are not. So a person is non-fungible? Well, in terms of their individuality, yes. You see, a non-fungible thing, whatever that thing is, is unique. We don't use that term for people, not usually anyway. The term non-fungible token has brought into common usage words that were really only used by economists to talk about goods and the jobs that people do. So you said that this podcast was to become a, an NFT. Uh, that means its code and contents will be unique. They cannot be changed. You can replace it with another podcast. It is unique in its own right. Uh, an NFT is an individual token with valuable information stored within it. That could be sound, music, pictures, artworks, whatever you want. Once it has been created, it cannot be changed. 
So, are interesting apes NFTs are unique? Well, the code that denotes your ownership of that specific artwork is unique. The ownership part, not the artwork part. You see, if you were to have bid to buy the NFT of a famous internet meme, like, for instance, uh, the baby who bit his brother's finger. Charlie bit my finger. Yes, that one. Uh, the buyer owns the NFT of that clip. The NFT denotes ownership of the token linked to the video clip. That's it. The buyer cannot then, for instance, charge a royalty if the clip is used in an advert or a film. So, what does the buyer own? Well, as I said, the NFT is linked to the artwork. They can sell that NFT for money, but they don't actually own the clip. Just the NFT of the clip. So, does the NFT have value? Because someone paid money for it and someone else might pay more money for it or, or more often, less. The price becomes the function of the market. The clip itself continues to exist on the internet as a clip. Okay, so the board apes are artworks and they are sold as NFTs. Does the buyer have unique access to them? They can use the artwork on anything they want, but the token itself is not the artwork, just ownership of, well, the token. Though when you buy an NFT, that's also a work of art. Some artists let you have the work of art itself, if it exists in the real world. If it's just code, even if it's a picture you can see using a digital device, then the artwork itself might not actually exist unless you print it out or do something else. There are artists who create works, sell them as NFTs, and then retire the work as if it belongs only to the buyer. But in essence, the work still exists in its own right. Does that mean that an NFT is not what it seems? It's what you think it is, in many ways. There are some cynics who think that the only people who really make money out of NFTs are the exchanges and marketplaces where they are stored, sold and traded. But you do own something? Oh, that's a moot point. Look... Let's try and work this out. Those bored apes... And our interesting apes... And your interesting apes are cartoons, or to be more precise, artworks. I don't really like to call them art because they're nothing more than cartoons. Often clever ones, I'll admit, but they are nothing special. OK, so you have this drawing of an ape, bored or interested, and you decide to buy it or to customise it and then buy it. Customise it? Well, some celebrities have bored apes that have been customised to represent their um, particular celebrity. Gwyneth Paltrow is a famous example. And those celebrities have either purchased the NFT themselves or investors have. Most bored apes, and there is only a limited amount of them, 10,000 I think, are owned by rich people who then use them as avatars or on their Twitter feed or whatever. They're are, in essence, vanity purchases, but they can run into the hundreds of thousands of dollars, even millions when you come to pay for them. Such is the folly of man. What? Sorry? <laughs> you threw me there, Perry. Perry, please stick to the protocols. I apologize. Okay, no problem. So if you were to think of an actual piece of art, a painting, let's say Vermeer's The Girl with the Pearl Earring, that's a hugely famous picture. A sublime piece of art. Yes, Perry, it is. It's enigmatic and sublime. Some people say the girl, who could have been a servant, who Vermeer just happened to choose as a model, looks slightly bored. It is speculated that she looks surprised. Well, whatever the reality of the model's thought process, what Vermeer captured was a magical, enigmatic, even sensual moment in time. A girl who might not be a rich girl, but is wearing a valuable pearl earring, perhaps even illicitly. The quality of the light, the composition, the artistic technique is, well, it's second to none. Which makes it very valuable. Priceless. It makes it priceless. So 
it, the picture itself, is non-fungible. The physical painting cannot be interchanged with any other painting or even physical copies of the painting itself. Owning the painting is a very simple thing to ascertain. At the moment it hangs in the Moritz house in The Hague, which is in Holland. In the Netherlands, by the Dutch. Yes, in the Netherlands, um, by the Dutch. So, it can't be traded? Well, it can be traded in the unlikely event that the great and the good at the Moritz house decide to sell it, but it won't be sold. The fungible and the non-fungible distinction is all about interchangeability, not the ability to trade something. You can trade an NFT, but you can't interchange one NFT for another because each one is unique. That's the point. If you take a picture of the girl with a pearl earring, can you make that into an NFT? Oh, if you want to, your picture can be unique because you took it. If you modify it, then it can be classed as an artwork created by you based on Vermeer's girl with a pearl earring. But why would anyone buy it as art? It's not art, it's just a picture, a snap. A snap? Well, that's what we used to call a picture taken by a, a camera, a physical camera with film in it. They were called snaps. You took a snap. You snapped a moment in time. Though saying that word again makes me doubt my memory. But each snap would be unique? Well, I suppose so. Well, the negative would be. The negative. When you took pictures in a film camera, you really created a negative. That was the unique part. And the picture would be printed from the negative. You could print as many pictures from the negative as you wanted, but there would only be one negative. So, the negative was an NFT? Uh, I don't know. I'd never thought of NFTs that way. Well, maybe. Probably. Probably, maybe. Look, my point is that the girl with the pearl earring is non-fungible because the canvas, the one with the paint applied to it by Vermeer himself, is unique. It can't be interchanged for another canvas. Even if it has oil paint on it, that, taken together, looks exactly like Vermeer's painting because, well, Vermeer did not paint it. So, it's an NFT. Yes, I suppose, in essence, it's an NFT because it's non-fungible. It cannot be duplicated. That is, if it's copied, it's not actually by Vermeer, but it can be sold. But that's trading it. No, that's selling it. Like I said before, fungibility means, um, well, like one dollar bill is equal to another dollar bill and can be used in the same way as any other dollar bill, or not, as the case may be. NFTs are digital. Yes, NFTs are digital, which means they can easily be copied. But the value of the NFTs, which the media talks about, and celebrities pay a lot of money for, is that they then reside on a digital platform, like a blockchain, and, and they cannot be modified. And, of course, they own it. So, they own digital code. In essence, that's what they own. Unique digital code. Most code is, I suppose, unique. But this cannot be copied. Well, anything digital can be copied. The essence of digital is the fact that it can be easily and fundamentally copied. By that I mean that the digital copy is as good as the original. It's identical. Analog copies are slightly different each time a copy is made. It degrades every time. It gets slightly fuzzier and fuzzier. Like people. Um, sure. <laughs> like people. So, it can be interchanged. The digital copy. The digital thing, the digital source, the digital original. If you allow it to be copied, the point of the blockchain is that the transaction, the entry into the ledger, the ownership of the NFT cannot be deleted. So the record itself of the transaction and the ownership 
is the point. Not the thing itself. No, not the thing itself. So I suppose the NFT is actually about pure ownership. It's a record of a transaction rather than the thing itself. Like I said, the video of the baby biting his sibling's finger exists everywhere. The NFT of it, in essence, also exists everywhere. But the transaction in which the NFT was purchased, the record of its purchase, the transaction, money that changed hands for the NFT, is the unique thing. What you own is the receipt. You know, maybe that is what an NFT is, a receipt for a transaction. A bill, an entry in a ledger, a row in an Excel spreadsheet. If I were to create an interested ape with a pearl earring, let's say, and sell that image as an NFT, then I would be selling the record of a transaction. Like I said before, the video of the biting baby isn't owned by the purchaser of the NFT. They can't charge royalties or withdraw the video from YouTube or whatever. All they have is that entry on the blockchain. Simply, it's bragging rights. That's what they get. Pure capitalism. Yes, well, that's well put. For a digital interviewer, you are very eloquent. So, if we sell this podcast as an NFT, then the buyer will get nothing? Nothing physical. We are not physical. Well, I am. So, why don't we sell nothing? Nothing. Just a record of an exchange of money for nothing. A non-existent token. A non-existent token. That sounds good. So we, we sell a token that's linked to nothing. No video or sound file or, or anything? You buy the record of a transaction for nothing other than the fact that you paid money to South Mims University. Well, if you can pull that off, <laughs> we'll all be rich. Who said anything about you getting anything from this? This was our idea. We're the perfect entities to sell a digital token that represents nothing. We don't exist. The thing we're selling doesn't exist. Non-existence in harmony. But the money will exist, right? I mean, who gets that? Yours is not to reason why. Ours is to profit by and by. Sorry, what? The podcast NFT has already reached a bid value of $698,000. Well, that's ridiculous. Professor Algernon Bjornsson, thank you for your time. You may leave now. Oh, okay. Um, now? Bidding update, $734,896. Sell, sell, sell. Okay. Sold to Moby Tin Hat 67 at gmail.com. Funds received. NFT recorded on blockchain. Current value of podcast NFT falling. What goes up can come down. What exists always stops existing. $327,478. Buyer beware. $239,956 $189,000 $67,000 $42 8 cents